Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the PHNX Rising Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez. Super happy to be here. And alongside me today is Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? Ah, uh, it's a good day today. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a good day today. We uh, had our uh, meeting up at uh, Snakes and Lattes. Shout out to them. And uh, yeah, it's been a good day today. Yeah, yeah. Seems like a like a really good day. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we got some stuff to talk about today, Owen. It's uh, it's Thursday. That means that we got to preview the game for Saturday. And this weekend's a pretty big game. So uh, Oakland's coming into town. It's, uh, you know, a former team of uh, of a certain coach that's now coaching rising so uh definitely some some uh, good storylines there this this weekend but uh yeah besides that of course we're going to talk about the oakland game around the usl of course we're going to touch on what happened last night with the u.s open cup uh fortunately sacramento was not able to get the w but i think nonetheless it was a great showing for them and of course uh some other stuff at the end of the show so let's get into it owen uh yeah huge game for rising there were some results yesterday that actually put a little bit more fire uh i guess in into this matchup on saturday because due to uh uh some results rising is now in 12th place in the western conference so that's definitely not a good thing but how are you feeling heading into this game rising has faced oakland in the in the uh a few a few weeks ago but you know with all the storylines with juan guerra and this is uh some suspensions with rising how are you feeling Who's ready for the tampering classico? Um, yeah, so it, it's we, we're going to get some stick for this. I know we are when I say this because we have been for weeks now uh, kind of saying this. There we go, Harry. It is a must win, right? And this one really is. Uh, I, I feel as though a loss because so many teams are in it, but losing to Oakland right here does does end it to me. Um which of course I say that now and give it like a you know a week or two of other results all being chaotic maybe it'll not be over but it feels it doesn't it now this this is a team against another uh, uh, that are competing very similarly to rising they're very similar in the table and mm-hmm. however if you beat them you're setting up a position where it's likely that they aren't gonna catch you. Yeah. if you win all the winnable games that are on there. So to me, it's huge. It, it Not only does that, it means that Rising actually have the upper hand over another team it, who are in contention, which is something that we know they haven't been getting mm-hmm. uh, against a lot of these other teams. I, I'm intrigued. Look, and the results yesterday definitely play into that um it's just staying chaotic isn't it at the bottom of the west there's i mean it's kind of fun right like you don't know what's gonna happen you you have a team beating another team and and the the, one of the teams was playing really well and it's insane it's insane what's going on in the the western conference because when you look at the eastern conference the the field's pretty much kind of setting up over there already when the west is just the wild west like that they like to say it's not that fun when you're sitting in 12th out of 13 as Phoenix Rising currently it would be fun are. If you can get a result. That's, uh, it would be fun, fun if they can somehow turn this around and, and yeah. sneak their way into the playoffs, which again is a real possibility just because mm-hmm. everyone is cannibalizing each other at the bottom of this table right now. Yeah. Vegas, I feel, are dropping down. 
Mm -hmm. El Paso have played, yes, they're ahead of Rising by a reasonable margin, but they've also played three games more. They've only Mm -hmm. got four games left in their season. Yep. Which is remarkable when you're looking at Rising having seven, almost everybody else having either six or seven games left. El Paso have only four left. Thank you, USL, for the scheduling fun. (laughs) But um, it's... There's so much up for grabs still here, and there's so many teams that are still in it. LA Galaxy 2, Monterey Bay, you saw them get the win against Orange County yesterday. I've been saying Mm -hmm. all along, they're really in this race to me. I actually think that they are more likely to get there than Oakland. Uh, I'd actually put them as possibly more likely to get in than Vegas right now. Wow. And we Um, talked about that a little bit on Tuesday, that Monterey was kind of like that dark horse that we kind of had to keep an eye out. And depending on the result on Wednesday, that's what we're going to see a shift in whether they're going to be a a true contender for that seventh uh, spot or not. And, you know, the the way the table is looking right now, and I'm looking at it right now, it's it's insane. Rising with 32 points, Monterey with 35. Uh, So Rising is able to get that win. They kind of put themselves in that position to be with Las Vegas, LA Galaxy 2, and Monterey Bay. So it's going to be interesting, but they got to get that W on Saturday. They do. And speaking of that, of course, let's Let's talk. We're speaking about the results yesterday. We also had the chance yesterday uh, to speak with Juan Guerra and Joe Farrell out of the camp. Let's start by listening here to what Juan had to say uh, as we brought up what exactly the atmosphere is like in the camp at the moment in the team overall. Um, good. Energy levels are are high. Obviously disappointed about the, the last game and the result but also being humble enough to to understand what we need to do and what are the things that we need to improve into into this week. And the good thing is that we have a full week. We have a full week of work where we can uh, start introducing ideas and then we can test them during the week and hopefully put together um, a strong game plan with uh, with the necessary I mean, ideas and players on the field that can give us a, a much needed result at home on Saturday. And it's good. I think having the full week after those, you know, three games in in eight days will kind of let Rising and Juan have a little bit more time to, you know, gel into the tactics that he wants to have on the field and just give him a little bit of a break because that's a, that's a tough stretch. Three games in eight days, that's not easy for anybody. No, no, it's not. And it, this is the kind of thing we're going to see Rising have to come up against later on. Uh, there's going to be more cases of just multiple games starting to, cramming mm-hmm. it's a very weird stretch of after this game they've got three away games but it's like saturday wednesday wednesday it's weird um mm-hmm. and a lot of travel ultimately uh, as a result of that and then there's another away game pivot down the line look you've got to win these home games now um it's not a an enviable task that Juan Guerra has here, is it? Let's be perfectly honest. Uh, he's mm. coming to this side relatively late. Most of the games are away from home, looking down the line, uh, some of which are against some tough teams. Sacramento Republic, who, of course, put in a, a decent shift. The 3-0 scoreline last night for Orlando City flattered them. Uh, San Diego Loyal, who is sitting at the top, well, up in the top end of the Western Conference table, Um Two very good teams. You've got to go and play them away from home. It's going to be a tough run and trying to keep them positive, especially when there's been so much, so much to kind of beat away at that positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, look, Rick's departure may have changed the nature of some of the online discourse, 
but there's still a fair amount of negativity out there. I mean, you only have to log into the, dare I say, dreaded Facebook group. My favorite. The Facebook group. <laughs> to see uh, to see what's being discussed in there and how people feel about certain players and certain other things there Mm -hmm. i mean there are people already having the discussion about who should quite frankly not be invited back next season that's tough trying to to keep things positive in there and i know that that's that's the plan is to keep Mm -hmm. things positive you know joe farrell spoke about that as well he said look we've we've just got to focus on the positives because at the end of the day we can't change those old results yeah. So uh, it's tough. It's tough. But if they are able to keep it positive out there, again, we know what this team's capable of. They've done it in certain results earlier in this season. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a question of can they do it again as they come up against some very beatable teams. Of course, yes, there are tough games. There's some very beatable teams going into this final stretch. Yeah. And one thing that, you know, kind of gives me a little bit of hope is that Rising is clearly a better team at home. Uh, you can look at their record seven, four and three at home, two, nine and two away from home. So having Oakland come in and Oakland, you know, now we're, we're going to shift a little bit to talk about them. So after the change uh, from, you know, Juan Guerra leaving and, and coming to Phoenix, they went on. They, they got a great victory against San Diego uh, right after their first game after uh, he left. And so but after that, they've lost two in a row. So that puts things in perspective that while this team was able to beat someone like San Diego, which is, you know, they're uh, near the top of the table in the West, there's still a team that are, are trying to make the playoffs that are struggling. And it's a very winnable game, especially at home. So, you know, seeing those results, Owen, how, how do you see Oakland heading into this game? And what are you expecting on Saturday? I'm expecting to put up a fight, a big fight in this game. I'm expecting mm-hmm. it's still a bit raw. Uh, one's departure. Look, I, I know you mentioned that, that they they got that early win against San Diego. To me, that shows something that they're capable of when they really do feel that fire inside them, much like they did just days after Juan's departure. Those follow-up games, they had to travel away to Sacramento Republic where they lost 1-0. They hosted San Antonio where they lost 2-0. So yes, they haven't scored, but neither of those sides are mugs, right? Sacramento is not an easy place to go away and play. San Antonio were top of the league for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, these aren't necessarily results that you expect them to get something out of. So, yes, the form has taken a downturn. I don't know for sure that we can look at this and say, okay, they haven't really managed to turn it around. These aren't necessarily games they should be expecting to win anyway. So, for yeah. them, losing is not a huge surprise. I'm expecting this to be quite a battle. On, on Saturday. Look, it's a very winnable game for Phoenix Rising. Of course it is. However, I don't <laughs> expect Oakland to roll over whatsoever. Yeah, and I think there's going to be some players that are upset. They're upset about how, you know, their head coach literally left in the middle of the season uh, to a team in their, in their own conference. So I'm sure some of them are going to want, quote unquote, some revenge during this game and kind of stick it to Juan Guerra and say, hey, you know, you left us for this team and look, we're beating them on your home turf. So I expect, you know, I, I'm not expecting fireworks or any sort of physical fights on the field, but I expect things to maybe get a little I bit don't know. Scary. I'm not so sure about that. I, I wouldn't be so. hugely surprised. Look, how many games have we seen where things have slightly kind of tended to boil over a little bit? Mm-hmm. We've seen it a fair few times this season. It wouldn't shock me 
Yeah. I don't think that they will be fighting or going in deciding they want to fight because of yeah. Rangera. But I do think that be it gives things an edge. Yeah. And it doesn't normally take much for that edge to kind of start to boil over a little bit too much, especially mm-hmm. if you get a couple of bad challenges. People don't necessarily like how the referee is handling things. Mm-hmm. And you end up in a situation where you can end up with mass confrontation in the end uh, yeah 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 we'll see we'll we'll see what happens on saturday do you know uh for people that are wondering is juan guerra allowed to be in the stadium first of all or is he allowed to be like in the box or... i don't know the very specifics of where he's expected to be but it's not on the touchline i can tell you that much and for anyone who was wondering by the way about uh just on this, how physical, how's it going to be handled? I'll give you a shout. We do have the referee assignments for this one. So Brandon Stevis will be in the middle for this game. In his last USL game, five yellow cards, one before that, six yellow cards, and one before that, 10 yellow cards in the match between Colorado Springs and El Paso Locomotive. So he's got the cards in the pocket. Uh, he's not oh, shown an unwillingness to use them. Um, nice. Which, you know what, maybe we should... Maybe we should talk about that, right? If we're going to talk about cards, actually, maybe we should segue onto that, which is, of course, Rising will be without one of their uh, key players. That is the captain, Darnell King. Uh, we did get to speak to Juan Guerra about Darnell King getting the red card, obviously the backlash to it last weekend, and how he's seen the reaction to it. So let's listen to what Juan had to say about Darnell. Well, I talked to him 10 seconds after the game as soon as I walk in the locker room. I'm, uh, I'm a very straightforward guy, and I can look at my players in the eyes and let them know how I feel. And I, I always have to be honest with them, and I have to tell them you know, I mean, what, what I think. We all understand that you know, I mean, we could have been more responsible on that one and understanding there was 30 seconds left, but that's in the past. It's a mistake, and like I always say, we learn from those mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes, and the important thing is that these mistakes do not happen again, not just for Darnell. There's a learning experience for the 20-plus players we have in the locker room. If you have a yellow card in the in the first half or in the second half, you have to be cautious. So it's a learning experience for all of them. He's our team captain, and he's a he's a great guy. He's a he's a great player, and he's also very important for us on and off the field. So obviously he was he was disappointed. He understands, uh, and he's he's aware of of what happened and, and in the position that you know, I mean that that he left his teammates and and the team. But at the end of the day, he's. He's the first one in there. He's working hard. He's making sure that he leads by example. And I can guarantee you that he's going to be ready to come back uh, even hungrier and stronger than before. So, Roman, go on then. What do you think is going to be the difference here when you don't have Darnell King at your disposal going into this game? Well, given the injuries to Ryan Flood and, you know, the thin options when it comes to the back line i think that's going to be really hurtful you know not not to say that nobody nobody that's in the bench can step up for darnell king but losing your captain first of all you know loses you some leadership on the field you know whether we like it or not whether we want to say he's had a good season or not darnell's important to this team you know if he's on the field rising is a better team now has some of his judgment been a little questionable this season yeah his his play has not been up to parts of past seasons yeah, I can agree to some extent, but nonetheless, he is the captain of Phoenix Rising. He's there for a reason. And then, you know, to be getting that praise for someone like Juan Guerra to say, hey, he's still important to the team. I, I think that speaks volumes to the type of player that he is. And I think he's going to be missed. Now, It's it's been rough the last couple of weeks. So it's, you know, we'll see how Rising adjusts to him not being there. 
I expect Joey Calistra to be there on the right-hand side, which I'm not a huge fan of. And and But we'll see. We'll see how Rising adjusts on Saturday. But once the change was made in the Colorado Springs game when Darnell King was was uh, given the red card and Calistri fell, uh, came in, I think that's when the, the defense just kind of felt a little bit disjointed. Not as much tenacity on the right-hand side. So that's that's one of the things I worry with Darnell King not being there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I will say this is a lot of criticism of Darnell. And I, I still feel as though some of it may be justified. I think that the red card was a, a real, real lapse of judgment. Mm-hmm. Some of it, I, I, I really question what exactly I'm reading when I see people talking about positioning. And I'm wondering... Well, what do you think the game plan is? He gets mm-hmm. caught a lot. Great. Well, the point is they're sending him up. Yeah. That's been a point of emphasis. It was a point of emphasis under Rick. He wanted them to really attack, to really mm-hmm. run up the field, bomb forward. And then you're naturally going to get caught going the other yeah. way if the other team counter. And it's something that Juan's even said himself. Look, he's changed this kind of free at the back system with the fullbacks that are slightly more attacking. And he said that he wants to see more attacking focus from those guys, mm-hmm. that as long as they're getting those things right, they can kind of fix some of the defensive issues They, you know, just by having the extra bodies there anyway. And, and so, I, I don't know. I feel as though there's, there's always a lot of criticism for Darnell. A lot of people have certain comments. Every time you hear something back, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. as what people like to paint and uh, you gotta be is... realistic too Owen that when you're a defender your mistakes are highlighted like a hundred they're magnified a hundred percent you know so if you mm-hmm. if you miss an assignment if you're, if you're up you know you know attacking and you and you aren't fast enough to, to come back and track back your mistakes are highlighted a hundred percent so it's 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 tough being a defender you know when you're a center back especially if you lose the ball if if you miss a pass those become I feel like as a being a defender is one of the you know toughest positions there are on the field because you're expected to do a lot, especially in someone in a position like Darnell King, where you're expecting to not only attack but also track back and defend sometimes the the other the opposition's best player. So it's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy. And so I understand the frustration that people have when they go on the the Facebook group on Twitter or Reddit or whatever. At, but you know Darnell King is still a good player in my opinion. It's just it's it. it He's been caught out of position a lot this this season, but it's not just because of him. It's the entire defense. It's the entire team that hasn't been up to par. And I think you can just kind of sum up to what's been going on the entire season. Just to get a fact check here, Michael, no, he's had two red cards this season, actually. He's not had a third. Um, Tate Schmidt did get his two red cards last year. That was amusing, as Reese points out, because they both came. It was the first half of the one game, right before halftime. Mm-hmm. Then he was suspended. Then he comes back in in the following game and gets sent off before halftime. So you managed to get two red cards for not quite 90 minutes of play. So that was quite an amusing one. But no, I mean, Dar- Darnell's had two red cards this year. Um, Again, both of them. I will point to both and say they were both poor, poor lapses in judgment. And yeah. there needs to be a little bit more thinking there. But again, it, it's where the criticism goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. It starts to look at everything. I'm not entirely sure that people quite know everything that they're talking about in those aspects. Maybe yeah. some parts, not quite all. Now, here's what I'll say as well we should probably talk about discipline somebody else that is close to having some disciplinary issues 
is Joe Farrell, who is just one yellow card away from suspension. He's picked up quite a few this season. Uh, he's one yellow card away from his eighth, and that's even with the good behavior incentive wiping a couple of those away. So let's take a listen to what he said in midweek about how his playing style maybe changes or maybe doesn't when he's that close to getting a suspension. Yeah, I mean... um this last one was a little bit of frustration. I, I, I thought that it was a kind of blatant handball, and we already had we had Darnell sent off, we had our assistant set off. So I thought uh, I was I was looking to kind of sway sway it in our way a little bit, and I guess I got a little too excited. But um, it definitely it, it comes into play a little bit. But if there's part of the game and I have to take a foul, I have to take a foul. That's that that part doesn't come up to it. It's it's monitoring what I'm saying and when I'm saying what to, to the referee. Um, so it's, it's keeping my cool and my understanding in those moments. But when it comes to gameplay, if I have to take a foul, I have to take a foul. So, Look, I'll just say I'm glad that he's not suspended for this game because those suspensions are stacking up. Well, no, the, the missing players are stacking up more. Mm-hmm. Ryan Flood out as well. It's not looking great defensively going into this game. Although, of yeah. course, there is a new addition as well. We're going to have to talk about it at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm sure that's why they they wanted that loan. But as far as just to comment on on uh, what Joe Farrell said, no one expects him not to to foul someone if he has to. I think we all know how Joe Farrell plays and how physical he's going to be, regardless of whether a looming a suspension is looming. So, you know, I don't think anybody expected him not to. Uh, take a foul if needed so but we'll see we'll see what happens on Saturday he's a really physical player you know and I I know he's been you know through some stuff this season but yeah we don't we don't expect him to to be a little coy or or not physical as his usual self on the field (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting one I mean some of the the comment in here about can our patched up defense keep Oakland at bay well, there's one person in particular that I'm a little bit worried about in the Oakland attack. I feel a lot of us are worried about him in the Oakland attack. It's, uh, Mr. Carlson, is that correct? Is it that what you're is. About? It is. The guy on loan from Venezia. Well, the best He's a... jerseys in the world, by the way. Just a little heads up. So I'm a... Some Italian stuff going on over there. But yeah, Carlson, 15 goals this season. Uh, in the, still in the middle of the golden boot race uh, in the USL Championship. So he's the guy, man. He's the guy you got to watch out up in the front. And of course, he's someone that Rising did manage to see against them. And they managed to actually hold him scoreless uh, mm-hmm. earlier this season. Joe Farrell did mention uh, what it's like playing against a guy like that. So let's take a listen. Yes, but I've, I've I've also been thinking a lot. Yeah, yeah no, he, it was it was fun playing against him last time. He's physical. He's he's athletic. Um, I I always enjoy that. I ne- I never really back down from anyone. If it's a, a striker who's on twenty goals or a striker on two goals, it doesn't matter who it is. I like I like a challenge. I like battling against people and uh, going up against him. I'd be I'd be ready for a fight. Ready to be physical and and hopefully at the end of the game he knows my name and and I'll know his. So there's there's that. I love that response. That's why I like Joe Farrell a lot, man. He doesn't back down from anybody, so so good stuff. Yeah, it's look. I I feel like this is actually probably the right kind of a game for or the right kind of a player for him to come up against, rather than 
I'd rather him come up against the striker that's a bit more physical and a bit pacier. I feel as though Rising's defense is fine at holding their own against guys who are more physical strikers, and they, they get beaten for pace quite a bit, especially because they're such an attack-minded group on time, so they really bomb forward, and so it does open up spaces there. It, it's... It's going to be an one, though, of course, because Rising's going to come into this with that three at the back. We're expecting Oakland probably to have a similar-ish look there. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I was... overall, hmm, overall, what are you? What do you expect we're going to see, Ramon? Yeah, I think they're, they're going to follow the same system that they had under Juan Guerra. Um, Noda Delgado hasn't done a lot of changes over there uh, in, in his position now. So, you know, I expect uh, one of the players that I had highlighted or two of the players are the kind of wingback roles that they have, which is Juan Asoka and Edgardo uh, Rito. So they work hard. They work hard. They bomb up the, the wings up and down. So they're they're guys that uh, is that one here. Is that what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, those are Resurrected guys that, from the grave. There you go. Uh, but yeah, those are two guys that I would kind of keep your eye on. They, they work really hard, man. They're 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 kind of. Their skill set is fitted for the the style of play that Oakland has, so they're guys that can you know cause some damage. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with them on Saturday. But those are two guys I would keep my eyes on: uh, Juan Asoka and Ricardo Rito. Well, you know we're we're talking here about almost a little bit of a little bit of a scouting report, but there's someone who we know doesn't need a scouting report on this team, and it's Juan Guerra. That's true. Because of course he was there just a few weeks ago. So uh, I did ask him yesterday if uh, he's got to feel pretty confident about knowing where all their holes are in their team, doesn't he? And uh, is what he had to say about that. Yes, but I've I've, I've also been thinking a lot. If if there's a moment for them to to throw a surprise and, and change something, is now. So we we have to make sure that we're ready for for uh, for some probably a different version or a tweak. And we must be able to transform and adapt very quickly in the game. So this is what this week's been, right? It's, it's introducing ideas and, and different aspects. This is the first time that we're going to play a team that has a line of three or a line of five in the back. And, uh, and that's important. It's, that's why it's, it's, it's teaching again. It's introducing ideas. And listen, if, if Oakland decides to do something different, we already played um, a few games already and the boys need, know what they need to do. I don't think Oakland will make too many changes. You think so? Because I, I don't. I think I, it'll be. I think it'll be minor stuff. But of course, the mm-hmm. the rationale behind it being that if it's minor stuff, still Rising has a depleted coaching staff available this week. True. Of course, Marcos Reiner isn't there, uh, who actually will know a lot of these Oakland guys pretty well because he's mm-hmm. suspended after being sent off in the last game. Juan Guerra can't be on the touchline. What we're going to see is two Juan Guerra teams. <laughs> But with no Hungarian, no um, some walkie talkies or something. I don't know. So what's that? That's some controversial stuff, right? Oh, there. All right. You we'll know, see. I actually think they'd have gotten away with it better if it wasn't for the fact they had a coach suspended as well. I don't think the league would care that much about yeah. the terms of whatever deal they had to, uh, you know, make sure that Juan wasn't getting involved in the game. But they will care about the fact there's an assistant coach who's suspended and can't mm-hmm. be getting involved in that. So yeah. Let's keep an eye on Let's see. Let's see what Let's happens. See. All right, Owen, before one... we get to uh, talking about, you know, the new signings here at uh, with Rising, let's talk about our friends at OGs real quick. We've been talking for, 
for a little bit. We got to talk about the OGs because otherwise the show gets away from us. So if you guys haven't yet, make sure to sign up for the Flavoring Life sweepstakes. Uh, and then you can look like Derek over here if you're one of the winners. And if you're one of the winners, you can get uh, some OGs gummies and OGs hat, PHNX t-shirt, and a PHNX annual membership. And then you can look like Derek over here like uh, from PHNX D-Back. So uh, you guys can join the Flavoring Life sweepstakes by going to gophnx.com or clicking the link in our show notes. And you can also check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com, also on Instagram at ogsbrands, and you can also find their products at your local dispensary. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Ooh, yeah, sign up for that flavor. The other, the other thing about that with the uh, the OGs as well is that apparently if you keep up on the OGs, you can end up uh, playing the wrong videos as well on our show, which is a... Uh, don't be mean. All Don't be right. You made Emma. Right. Shout out to our producer, Emma, who's just hopped in. Up. Now we're in trouble. <laughs> no, Totri walked in with my Red Bull, and I like was listening to him, not it. My bad. You know, you make these mistakes, but happens. They're not mistakes. They're happy accidents, like Bob Ross. Okay, has. we're gonna we're gonna start a uh, petition to remove uh, Emma, much as we have the. Uh, Comments on the Facebook group arguing that a certain captain should be removed. You know, it's these lapses of judgment. Good luck with that. I'm getting mad, She's going to mute you. She's going to pull Dude, me. I'll kick you from the stream. <laughs> no, no I, I like my job. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> we played that dangerous game back when Edwin You're was playing. here. I'm just, I'm just here trying to host. <laughs> All right, Edwin, let's talk about the team updates for this uh, for this week. Uh, we got a Arising at a new loan signing from DC United, Hayden Sarhees is one of the defenders. Uh, has a little bit of a history here in Arizona, uh, but he was a Sacramento Republic Academy product. He has played some matches with Sacramento at the USL Championship level, also with Loudoun United, and uh, did get some appearances with DC United this year as well. But he's a young player, a defender. You know, how, how did you like this loan signing? I, I'm pretty approving of it. I think it's interesting. It comes in, of course, at a time when Rising is struggling with issues at the back and not being quite as deep as they'd like to be, especially when you're changing to a free back kind of system. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to need more personnel back there regardless. Yeah. And so when it comes at the time when you've got injuries, that's not good. But I'm intrigued. He's someone who seems to fit the Wangara style quite well. Look, this mm-hmm. is a guy who is very adept at playing the ball out from the back, which yeah. when you want to play the ball out from the back, you need people who are comfortable with the ball at their feet. Mm-hmm. You you need those guys at centre-back because otherwise it's all going to fall apart. It's going to look like Sacramento Republic did when they conceded that first goal in oh, the Open Cup on. final. Nice. But Be no, nice. that was a poor example of trying to play it out from the back. I mean, yeah. Even you saw it with Rising uh, back against RGV, where they there was that one little error, Lunt overhits mm-hmm. it slightly, Musa doesn't recover. You need people who are comfortable playing the ball out from the back, because otherwise that's a very, very dangerous spot if yeah. you're going to try that tactically. So in that sense, I'm intrigued. Um, he's also someone that John Morrissey, shout out to John Morrissey, USL Tactics on Twitter, mm-hmm. Uh, made the point about the fact that he's actually got the technical ability to play as a fullback. To me, that's a good sign. If you're able mm-hmm. to play as a fullback, then you're clearly not one of the uh, more slow centre-backs, let's put it that way, that we have seen come and go through Phoenix Rising over the years. Mm-hmm. So those things are promising signs to me. We'll have to see how he fits in with this team. Of course, he spent a lot of this season with Loudoun United. He didn't feature in the game against Phoenix Rising when Rising went up there and lost for free. Mm-hmm. But not the best team he's been playing on, but yeah. we'll see how he fits in here. 
Yeah, even though Loudon doesn't uh, necessarily be the best team, uh, Wayne Rooney has been picking a lot of the young players to move him up to DC United. So there's definitely talent there. And so that's one of the things that you know Rising was taking a look at. And so we'll see. We'll see how he is. And and yeah, exactly to your point, Owen, he, you know, uh, he is a, a player that can play from the back. Uh, one thing that does intrigue me even a little bit more, too, is that is this a sign that Ryan Flood is going to be out for a very long time or is this injury a little bit more serious than we thought initially? That's what that was my initial thought on this. But it's, it's going to be a little yeah. while. Yeah. 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 So. So, yeah, hopefully he's able to come in. You know, it's it makes me sad that Ryan Flood's not going to get the playing time, especially now that, that Juan Guerra was here. But we'll see how Sarhez works out. You know, hopefully he's able to bring another dimension to this team. And and he's got the accolades. You know, he was the 2020 USL Championship Young Player of the Year. So definitely he's made his mark in, in this uh, in this league. So he has some talent there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, look, there's one other thing that just needs to be pointed out here. If... If Phoenix Rising are to make it to the playoffs, scraping in, big if, big if, but I'm just going to make the point just so we all know, Mm -hmm. in order for him to be eligible for the playoffs, he must play in five games between now and the end of the season. Otherwise, as a lone player, he isn't eligible to play there i do need to double check here when the roster freeze is they change this every year <laughs> it's not well that's pretty big that's, that means he's gonna get some playing time or he has to get some playing time in order to be able to make the cut mm-hmm. so we got, uh... yes so he must feature in one of the next well he'd have to anyway to make five games one mm-hmm. of them has to come before the roster freeze which is on friday the 23rd of september yeah, look, uh, Reese here with the with the right strategy. Five one minute cameos to make him eligible. I like. That. I mean, that would be it, but that would do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just remember now again, you must he must appear in five games to be playoff eligible. For sure, for sure. Uh, any other team updates uh, that you got from uh, from this week uh, or yesterday's press conference, Owen? Uh not a huge amount. Um. Well, they did get that New Jersey. I don't know if you want to touch on that. They did. The, the New Jersey is a, is an interesting one. If anyone's seen it, well, everyone's seen it. I'd have thought the yellow jersey uh, that's or golden, is it they're calling golden. it? I'm not sure. Yeah. They're calling it golden, but it's it's yellow by the looks. Um, let's be honest. It's yellow with some red trim. I, I don't mind the shirt. I don't necessarily like the combo with the shorts. With the red, yeah. But yeah, like I understand red being in there and red can work with the yellow, but you don't want the red to be too much. It then yeah. becomes a bit McDonald'sy. Um, that's exactly what I was thinking. Not <laughs> ideal, but no, but, but it's anyway, it's yeah. it's for a good cause. It's for Phoenix Children's Hospital, uh, childhood, ca- it's a childhood cancer awareness, uh, jersey, and mm-hmm. uh, ultimately they're wearing it for the remainder of this month. Not necessarily a huge shock. I will say the one convenient factor as well for anyone who uh, didn't pick up on this, back when Rising played in the Open Cup in Sacramento, there was a lot of argument over kits because Sacramento didn't want to change from their home kit, which is a dark red, Mm -hmm. and therefore clashes somewhat with both Rising's red and black kits. And if you remember during that game, there were some times where Rising players were passing the ball away to the Sacramento players because their their kits look very similar. 
Oh no, I'm not. I'm not taking that excuse. I was there. Look, the broadcast. The broadcast. Yes, they look quite similar. I'm telling you now, in person, you could tell them apart. It was fine. Yeah. But ultimately, people don't like it because they want it to look good on the broadcast as well. So yeah, yellow it is. In fact, there, there, there it is. We've actually got a graphic for the jersey. There it is. Nice. So yeah, if you guys are able to purchase it, uh, it goes for a good cause. Like Owen said, uh, kick childhood cancer, uh, and it just. Really good, really good stuff, you know, coming from Phoenix Rising. So if you're able to support, uh, make sure to grab one this weekend. Uh, Owen, uh, let's wrap it up really quickly here with predictions. Uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about this game. I feel like Rising are able to get the, the W, but I've been wrong before. So I'm going with 1-0 Oakland this time. You're going 1-0 Oakland. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go... Nah, I think that Oakland will fight and fight and fight, but I think that Rising will just have the edge. I'm mm. going with Phoenix Rising 2, Oakland 1. Okay, okay. And, All uh, right, we'll I'm see. sure we will be both bragging about the respective odds for these tomorrow when we get a chance to uh, take a peek at the odds. Get the odds on DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you guys haven't downloaded, make sure to do so today. Uh, not only because Rising will be playing Saturday, you can get the odds for that game tomorrow. But also, it's the first week of NFL. So NFL is back. I'm actually out of the Buffalo Bills and the LA Rams right here in front of me on my TV. Uh, just for anyone that's curious, Buffalo 10, uh, 10-7 heading into halftime. But if you guys are looking to make some money, you guys can actually download it and if you're a new customer you can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly and as an added bonus during week one everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings uh with an early win promotion so it's super simple so if you download the DraftKings sportsbook app use uh and you use promo code phnx uh bet on any nfl team to win and if your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game you can get paid instantly even if your team ends up losing so that's a great promotion from DraftKings Sportsbook and again you have to use the promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and remember minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply and see the show notes for more details so get on DraftKings make some money and uh, you can get maybe one of those shirts or one of these cool you know scarves help support us here at PHNX Rising uh, with all your winnings but again download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and Owen, you were telling me about snakes and lattes. Can you jump on that for a little bit? Because I've heard of that place. I I, didn't, I wasn't able to go today, but oh yeah, we. It is the most electric place. Sorry, Owen, I didn't mean to. Th- like... yeah, Emma's just hopping in to know, steal Emma, my man, thunder. What Emma, Emma, what's going on over there? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, if you have never been to snakes and lattes, imagine playing board games with alcohol in a controlled environment. Electric. That's all I gotta Ooh. say. Back to you, Owen. <laughs> i feel like emma's just answered the question for me there so i'll, I'll let i just want to go by myself. her saying that so are they it, it says time. lattes but is there coffee there or is it just alcohol yeah you can get coffee there but you, go, you can also get beer so i i mean you know which is, one no one's getting their coffee is <laughs> phenomenal they have great espresso martinis hmm. um and then yeah they have a also bunch of beer on tap as well it's great mm-hmm. so you can easily go in the morning you can go in the afternoon you can go at night get a bunch of friends together go play some board games it is the best place to go in tempe arizona in my nice uh let's see yeah if you guys can support them they're on 20 west 6th street 10p arizona so that's where phnx had their staff meeting today so if you guys want to go check it out thank you for hosting us over there support them because they support us here at phnx shout out to them good stuff going over there at snakes and lattes all right owen you want to talk about what happened last night 
what happened last night? The U.S. Open Cup or the USL Championship? Which do we want to start Let's off? Let's start with the U.S. Open Cup and then we'll segue the U.S. The Open US. Cup. So if yes, you sir. are taking my advice on the fact that Sacramento were terribly underpriced, in my opinion, uh, well, I'm trying to think, how, how would you phrase it? Well, regardless, they were plus 550. That was that was really being written off, and I didn't think they should be written off that much. Congratulations, yeah. you lost whatever money you bet on that one. So... <laughs> Moral story normally is don't listen to my betting advice. Uh, I can tell you when stuff's interesting, but don't always listen to it. Look, I feel as though Sacramento really put up a good fight in that game. For 70, 75 minutes, they went toe-to-toe with an MLS team in a final Mm -hmm. away from home. And if one or two things had gone differently, maybe they come out of there with a win. The 3-0 scoreline flattered Orlando City massively, massively. Mm -hmm. And it's almost the nature of Kind of Sacramento seeing the need to to go forward a little bit, losing hope as the game goes on. Um, it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, I, they, I mean, they I wasn't able to watch the game. It was a great performance overall. Yeah, I I wasn't able to catch the game, but I did see the pregame uh, show, and the atmosphere there was amazing. First of all, I know it was in Orlando, and Sacramento had you know kind of like a big you know climb, uh, a hill to climb, but. I think that that was their strategy coming into this game. Kind of play it kind of like how they did with Sporting Kansas City. Just hold on defensively. Try to not make too many mistakes. But that actually is what ended up happening in the back. You know, you were talking about their first goal earlier where they just kind of gave away the ball. Orlando was just pressuring. And I think, honestly, the pressure of playing in Orlando, maybe the humidity, the heat, you know, tired legs. I think that's what kind of caught up to that Sacramento uh, Republic team. But Again, we have to compare that it, it is an MLS team playing on their home turf, playing with multi-million dollar, you know, talent on the field against Sacramento. Uh, not to say that they, they weren't a good team, but you could see the disparity there, especially during those last 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, you're talking of how many zeros do you put at the end, aren't you, for the for the difference here? Um, yeah. It's tough. And, and also, shout out to Sacramento. They took about 500 people over there, and it's a long trip. So yeah, it's, tough. Uh, it's quite a long trip from Sacramento to Orlando. Uh, but shout out to them. It took about 500 people. Look, it, it's mm-hmm. it's good for USL as a whole for them to be competing in these kind of things. But yeah. the best comment of the broadcast was Orlando really did their homework. Yeah, and let's not forget Spygate. Uh, shout out to them there. US Soccer, of course, confirmed on Tuesday night that they are investigating allegations that an Orlando City uh, member of the staff there was spying on Sacramento's training session. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what comes out of that, I'm sure. But look, overall, decent performance by them. They held their their own for quite some time in that game. Mm. And the run as a whole... They've knocked what three MLS teams off yeah. to get where they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think overall it's a great show, and they can hold their heads high. They they defeated a lot of L, uh, MLS teams. I mean, and I think it's just good for USL Championship. They look good for people that may have never even heard of a Sacramento Republic or USL Championship as a whole. I think this was a good introduction. They're able to get to the final. They're competing away from home in a hostile environment against someone uh, like a team like Orlando City. That, that you know, they're in the middle of the, you know, almost qualifying to the playoffs. So it's it's a good showing. I, I think I don't think any, you know, anybody can criticize what they did. And, you know, we'll see if that uh, another run like this can happen next year. Yeah. And and I will also one little tidbit I pulled out of it. Who was the one guy wearing a half and half scarf? 
USL president Jake Edwards. Jake, please. Half and half scarves in the bin. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. It was a fun US Open Cup. I, I'd say so. You know, would would I have wanted Rising to get in a little further in the competition? Yes. But we'll see. We'll see maybe next year. Can you just um, imagine Phoenix Rising hosting the final? I know we, we've done this before, but just imagine that. That would be a dream, honestly. That would be. That would I'd be, be intrigued awesome. to see how much pyro was smuggled in. But you think there'd be enough room in the press room because you know we're pretty <laughs> smug as it is. So, um, but yeah, it would have been fun. All right, let's talk about yesterday's scores in USL Championship. There were some interesting games. Uh, Owen, uh, Monterey Bay, Orange County. That was the the you know along with the El Paso RGV game, but that one was the one that I was keeping my eyes on the most. Monterey was able to get the one zero victory over Orange County. Now this kind of throws the things in a little bit of a flex in the West now because Monterey just coming out of nowhere and putting, you know, their hat in the ring and ready to make the playoffs, honestly. Can I can I just ask now, when you say you were keeping your eyes on it, were you keeping your eyes on the score or were you watching the game? On the on the score. I was busy yesterday, man. I was watching the game and here's what I've got to tell you. If you watch Sacramento Republic go toe-to-toe with Orlando City and said, mm-hmm. this shows how far USL has come, and then you put on... <laughs> Uh, Monterey Bay against Orange County. God, it was a bad game to watch. It was sloppy. There Mm -hmm. were times where just even watching the way the Orange County players were talking to each other, seeing Milan Oloski just give a little shove to uh, Miko Kuningas because they were just getting frustrated at each other. That's a team that's in disarray. And Orange County, with that result, effectively in my mind, are way beyond gone. Yeah. Uh, Monterey Bay, of course, keeping their their momentum going. They look as though I think there's still a chance for them to to sneak in. Mm-hmm. Of course, to me, the more interesting result actually was the other one in there, and that was El Paso losing at home to RGV. That one being interesting for me because it shows that El Paso's spot in the playoffs is still up for play. Mm-hmm. I was expecting... That after that Phoenix result, they'd started to turn things around. They were going to go on a bit of a run. They were going to secure up that sixth spot. Maybe, maybe even catch up with New Mexico in fifth. Mm -hmm. They weren't that far behind them, of course. As again, there's the imbalance in schedule, but they weren't that far behind them. They did win in New Mexico as well. You think, okay, they've done it. No, they lose at home to RGV. Mm -hmm. Uh, RGV, as a result, are still really in the mix themselves as well. Uh, right around Phoenix Rising. Remember, results like that, what they prove, Phoenix Rising must, must come away with a win, probably away to RGV. Um, but El Paso's spot, I think, is still up for grabs now. Yeah, They've played so many games more than everybody else around them that you can ignore that point differential. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, let's take a look here. It is Phoenix Rising around 32 points, 27 games played. El Paso are on 40 points, 30 games played. In theory, Phoenix Rising could overtake them on games in hand. Nine points. Yeah. You win on three games, the games in hand. Mm-hmm. You're only eight points behind them. Yeah, and I, I think that's the advantage that Rising have right now. But again, they have to get these Ws. You know, it's not, you know, you can have as many games as you want in hand, but if you're not get, getting the results, it really doesn't matter. So hopefully they're able to turn around this weekend. So uh, rising this weekend, of course, they're playing Oakland. But there's some other interesting games. One of them that I have here is the LA Galaxy versus Orange County. 
game. So that's going to be a really fun uh, game because, you know, with all the controversy surrounding Championship Soccer Stadium and the great reporting that you've brought up, if you guys haven't uh, read the the thread that uh, Owen has on Twitter regarding the back dealings, I'll say, uh, with, between LA Galaxy and the city of Irvine, go check it out. It's really interesting stuff. But Owen, that it's... From my understanding, it's going to be a sold-out stadium. Do you? It's going to be a good atmosphere over there. What do you expect to see? I tell you what, it's going to be the most stick that those Galaxy Two boys take in any ground, um, and that's <laughs> not a, a compliment to Orange County and the the fan base they have there. It's more mm-hmm. about just the the strength of feeling that they're going to have. Um, look, I don't find them to be a particularly co- a confrontational fan base. Let's put it yeah. that way. But I think that they will be for this one simply because it's going to cut quite raw. I think Uh, it's uh, of course it will look there's now even more talk. Orange County put out a statement yesterday saying that they effectively had one correspondence with the city since that council meeting, which was over a month ago. Mm -hmm. And that was Oliver Chi, the city manager saying that they can't guarantee they'll have the stadium next year for them. Well, now they're calling on their fans to come back next Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a council meeting then. It's on the agenda at the uh, at the insistence of Vice Mayor of Irvine, uh, Anthony Quo, who wants to, to talk about this and for the council to ultimately make some decisions and uh, give direction to staff as to what they want to go forward with here. But mm-hmm. there's a, it's, it's really... Uh, this is hanging over a lot of people's heads at the moment. Orange County don't know where on earth they're going to play at this point by the looks. Um, It's, it's tough. It's tough. And quite frankly, I'm going to put this as as simple as possible. And I'm sorry, uh, Ramon, we're going to burn that thing that's behind you there. No, uh, with a certain logo on, but um, we've got to be real about this, which is that the LA Galaxy don't need that stadium. They just don't, they don't Mm -hmm. need that stadium. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about LA Galaxy 2. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just, it, th- these are things that happen. It's business at the end of the day. And and from my understanding, you can, uh, you know, provide more detailed information here, but it does have to do a little bit also with the 2026 World Cup. And it, I, I think at that point, it just, it comes, it's business, it's money, it's backroom dealings, politics. So, and that's what happens sometimes. And we all got to be realistic that this kind of stuff does happen. You know, in, in, in all sports, not just soccer. So uh, we'll see. We'll see the, what happens. The problem with that, and this is where it's interesting, is that the indications I'm getting out of Orange County at the moment are that several council members appear to be siding with OCSC. Mm. Uh, it's worth noting that a lot of this hasn't been done w- under the direction, let's say, of the of the city council. It's been taking place under the direction of city staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one staff member in particular has led the discussions with LA Galaxy uh, in texts that, again, you alluded to, I released over the weekend. Uh, in text, he pointed out the city manager was excited by the proposals uh, and was really, you know, they thought they had a good shot as a result of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I feel as though this council meeting coming up on Tuesday, which, of course, clashes with our show, as you know. Um, although, Keep you updated. Um, We'll keep you updated. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make that show, by the way, on next Tuesday. Of that course. is true. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep I'll, it. I might I'll be just dropping some updates in the chat and uh, 
letting you guys know what's going we'll on. We'll have a six-hour council meeting on standby here for you guys. So we can see the I'll recording. I'll sit there all through the time where they are adjourned so they can go into executive session. It'll be real frightening. Nice the thrilling moves of politics. We love uh, local democracy. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll keep you updated with what's going on with uh, with the situation between the LA Galaxy and Orange County. Uh, moving on to the next games that we're excited for. So Las Vegas faces off, faces off against Monterey. Can Monterey keep their momentum going? That's going to be something that uh, we'll see this weekend. Las Vegas kind of a little bit of a downfall. Monterey, uh, you know, in the upward trend. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, a battle between the number one and number two in the West, San Antonio We'll be hosting San Diego. That's going to be an interesting one. And then RGV hosting New Mexico. And we'll see if RGV can make it two wins in a row after their, their win this week uh, on Wednesday, actually. So which one uh, which one should you know people keep uh, keep an eye out uh, this weekend, uh, Owen? San Antonio against San Diego. Uh, for very simple reason. Interesting. Um, look, not yeah, necessarily the most interesting for Rising, but mm-hmm. it does give you a preview of the uh, side they'll be facing next week as they get set to play away in San Diego. Um, God, some of these games at the bottom of the table. This is we've been. I feel like we've been spoiled, haven't we? Uh, covering. I mean, this I look team. at the East and I'm like, none of these are fun. Like you just. I feel <laughs> like we've been spoiled. No, I feel like we've been spoiled for years with Phoenix mm-hmm. Rising, whereby we're just used to all the games being like top oh, okay. of the table clashes, being fun and all of yeah. that. And then you start watching the games between teams at the bottom of the league, and you're like, wow, these are bad. And you get a Monterey Orange like, County on Wednesday. Yeah, that and that was <laughs> bad. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Orange County and LA Galaxy, I'm expecting to be fiery. So, that is, we, we spoke about that earlier. It's going to be an interesting one. Orange um, County can win that one. It'll really help out Rising. So, it will. It will. Again, there needs to be some some space cleared further up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. And then uh, Rising is going to be the last game of that Saturday. So, uh, we'll probably have a little, you know, at least a halfway, um, halftime score with. Some of these games uh, by the time Rising starts. All right, Owen, it's been a good show. Uh, great, great stuff today as Owen. So I'm looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a great game over there at Wild Horse Pass. But before we sign off for the line, uh, for the night, I mean, I do want to shout out uh, Four Peaks Brewery because this Saturday, uh, the PHNX boys will be having a watch party for ASU as the Sun Devils take on Oklahoma State. That's going to be a great game this weekend. College football in full effect right now, and that's going to be again September 10th at 3.30 p.m. at Four Peaks on the 8th Street lo- at the 8th Street location, and you get free entry. There's going to be food and drink specials, and you can hang out with the PHNX boys. They're always a good time over there, and you can actually sign up to attend this party by clicking uh, the show notes in our the show notes and signing up for free to attend this event and again you must be 21 years or older and please enjoy it responsibly so yeah it's gonna be a great so, time over there just, yes, just gonna hop in here because at the start of the show we did have a comment from a certain mr michael vanderplas asking why i didn't have a beer in my hand uh we fixed that how'd you get my, that uh, did you have people behind four peaks wow right here oh uh, that's, so. that's his favorite there you go if you guys want to ever get him anything for Good christmas stuff. you know him a six packs of the four peaks wow that's what i'm getting him good stuff <laughs> all right y'all and then also if you're looking to attend uh some sporting events we do have 
uh, not only sporting events, concerts, all that good stuff. We do have a brand new partner uh, in the Game Time app, so you guys can actually download it and score some last minutes. And for example, if you're looking to go to the game this weekend, you can score some Phoenix Rising tickets and save up to 60% with the Game Time app. And uh, you guys can actually download it and make sure to use it. And if you love us here at PHNX and PHNX Rising, you'll then you'll love Game Time Game Time app, which is our new uh sponsor here so and it's great for you guys that are procrastinators like me because you always want to see if the prices will go down closer to the event use the game time app you know save some money make sure to sign up with that link down there it's in the chat should be in the show notes as well and of Mm -hmm. course hey maybe you can use it as well i don't know if any of you have seen just how expensive those coyotes tickets are looking this season but they just dropped the pre-sale on them today and wow they are uh pricey maybe you'll get a deal on them with a game time app Hopefully, I was talking to Leah about it from uh, PHN, PHNX Coyotes. I was like, hey, you think I can attend my first game free cheap? And she just started laughing. So I got to use the game tonight. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, make sure to they use that. They cheap in Tempe. Yeah, they're not going to be cheap. But, yeah, use that link right there. Thank you, Emma, for putting it on the chat and sign up for the Game Time app. And, again, it's not only for sporting events. If you guys want to go to concerts or any stuff that's going on on the app, uh, you can get up to 60% off with the Game Time app. All right, Owen, that's it from us tonight. Thank you so much for uh, all your your insight and knowledge today. I always appreciate that. We will be back on Saturday for the live post-game show, live from Wild Horse Pass. Hopefully not a somber Saturday because, you know, I don't know if they let no, us. No, let's have a them. celebration Saturday. Celebration Come Saturday. Hey. Celebration Saturday. Let's hey. do it. All right, y'all, and uh, we appreciate you, uh, everybody here that's been uh, supporting us here in the chat. You guys are always a fun bunch, and we appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. We will be back on Saturday. Like I said, until then, take care. Be well. Stay safe.